Good morning, good morning. So, yeah, let's start with the, an overview of the Holy Bible. So the purpose of this presentation, uh, you see what you're going to find in the slides, you're going to find some of the characters and main histories of the Bible. You're going to insight, some insightful verses that help us see God's redemptive plan, some of God's character and nature that we see reflected in his work, and some historical background that I found, and also that I did presentation just yesterday. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is like the table of, the table of contents. So how we divide the, divide the Bible like in different weeks. First, starting with Borbius and Origins, then the Pentateuch, the Tribal, King David, the, the other kings, the early prophets, the lay prophets, post-exilic, Jesus Week, the Church, Paul, and John. So I'm going to start here with the Old Testament. So some information about the Old Testament is that it's written in Hebrew and Aramaic. It's composed of 39 books, the Protestant Old Testament, because the Hebrews, they have like another Old Testament that is called, is called, is called the Tanakh, that is divided in the Torah, the Nevin, and the Ketuvin, the Torah that is the law, that we know like the Pentateuch, the Nevin, that is the prophets, and the Ketuvin, that is the, the writings that they have, like some Hebrew poetry and other books of history. So there are Though there are 39 books in the Protestant Old Testament, there are only 24 in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, yeah, still they both have the same content, and it can also be divided in the Pentateuch, the story books, the books of poetry, as we say, like Jod, Sons, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Sons, Sons, and, and the Prophets. So here we're going to start with the first way, that is worldview and origins, and it's like how everything was created. Uh, this is the content of the first week, and we can divide this section in the primeval history and the history of the patriarchs, the patriarchs, the beginning of God's chosen people, that is, is, is the people of Israel, the nation of Israel. So yeah, start with the creation, that we can see. We're going to see here, like, what are we going to be seeing, where in the Bible is, and what, what is the date that we believe the date. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So first we start with the covenant with Adam in Genesis 1:28, and says that God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on earth. On earth. Then there comes the fall. Yeah, they sinned. They thought they, were, they could live without God. Their, their pride was bigger than them and they thought they, we don't need God. We can be as God is, like that's what how the snake confused them. And yeah. So then they come the fall, they can a lot of sin there. They lost that relationship with God in this moment. But also in this moment we, we see how God started his his redemption plan, like in Genesis three fifteen, like we have read. And then comes like the flood, the, the sin is still still growing and growing and growing. It comes the flood in Genesis six. And after a flood, Noah, we can see with Noah that the covenant with Noah in Genesis 9, and say that God bless Noah and his son, and he say to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast on the earth and upon every bird on heaven, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. So we see that again, God is giving like the same commandment to, to Noah this, at this moment. That he gave to Adam in the in the covenant with Adam, and now with Noah, 
so yeah, he, now we can see like how God's redemption plan was from the beginning. Like when he said like, we put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So since here, from here, God is talking about his promise of redemption for, for, for us, the human race. So yeah, starting in Genesis, just after the fall, we see God starting his redemptive plan. Here was the first time that Jesus was mentioned. He is the offspring of the woman that will breathe the head of the snake that was devil, but he himself will be wounded because of the sin, because of our sin. We start seeing also the character or nature of God, the justice, the justice that God is righteous, righteous, and nothing impure can be near him, and also his mercy, God is merciful and does, and does not give us what we deserve. Yeah. So yeah, this is like the second part of the word. This is the, the second part of the word, word views and origins, that is like the patriarchs and how, how Israel started like to be a nation. So yeah, we see the patriarchs, like start with the Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 12 to 36, we can see like history of Abraham, Isaac, and Isaac, and, and Jacob. So, yeah. And then how they went to Egypt because there was famine in the land of Canaan. So they were there, and, and yeah, and Joseph like saved them. And then, in being in Egypt, they fell under slavery, and was Moses like the one that was gonna deliver them from from Egypt? So yeah, we see it again here. They got certainty plus through through Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abraham, "Go to your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make name." and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. So yeah, you see, we, here we see how God chose Abraham to, to bless all the world, not just his family, but all the world. And here we can also can see like how was the land in the Bible. So here is like the map of today's, but we can see more or less where they were, like Abraham. Starting like over here, and God commanded him to move like to this this part, like the Levantine area here, that is like where is Israel, and yeah, we can see some of the other cities and, and things. And some interesting, uh, interesting, curious fact here is like there, like from the Noah flood, there is like another history that tells about this. This is the Gilgamesh epic, and described here with this name that I kind of pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> also build a boat, survive the flood, release a dove, a swallow, and a raven. Then he left the boat, offered sacrifice, and was granted eternal life. So we can see like in other culture, how they also have like the same history. And we can see this is in the from the library of this other number that I can't pronounce. And it's in the British Museum of London. But yeah, that was the first week. Second week now is with the Pentateuch. That is the Torah for in the Jewish Bible. And the name Pentateuch comes from the Septuagint, and it means five scrolls. Yeah, the five first books that we have. The Greek translation of the Old Testament. The Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And it's called Septuagint because it was written by 70 Jewish scholars that were requested to, to, to translate all the, the Tanakh to, to Greek by Ptolemy. I don't know who was that, that is, but yeah, he wanted that. 
These five books are called the books of Moses because tradition says that he compiled the material in them. And the, yeah, the name in Hebrew is Torah, that means instruction or law. And original, originally, it was separated in five scrolls, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, until the de development of the Codex in the early Christian area where they were all taken like, together. But yeah, then, so we see like the Exodus from Egypt and how they have to wander. Like, they went, they were going, they were exiting ex uh, Egypt and they were going to the promised land that is Canaan. Canaan, but yeah, they first started with the Mosaic Covenant in Mount Sinai. We can read this in Exodus 19:5. Now, therefore, I will indeed obey my, you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant. You shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and shall be to me a kingdom, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So this is what God commanded Israel to do, like to be a kingdom of priests for all the other nations around them. And this was instituted immediately after. And immediately after Israel broke God's covenant, we can see here what they did with the golden calf. Like, yeah, God wanted them to just worship him, but they just were looking for other gods. So, yeah, breaking. So in this time, they, they, they just got the covenant. And when Moses just got the covenant, they already broke it. Like, Broken the first commandment that was just to worship just God alone. And here we see what God wanted for them that was consecrate themselves, therefore, and be holy. For I am the Lord your God, keep my status and do them. And the Lord who sanctifies you. Yeah, so that holy, holy here means like set apart, and that's what God wanted for them to be set apart from, from the other from the other nations and to become an influence to the to the nation around them being like a nation of priests. So yeah, God gave the lay to the Hebrews that they were to be his nation, the nation that God promised to Abraham. But in order to do this, they have to follow the law and the law and be holy. So they could be near and have a relationship with Yahweh, the holy God. So here we also see that one of the one another aspect of the character and nature of God is his holiness. God is holy and he cannot stand sin. So yeah, he gave them the law to for them to be like pure and to can be in a, and in order and to be able to have a relationship with, with him that is holy God. So yeah, in the Pentateuch we still we continue. God ordered also the, the, the construction of the tabernacle. And in the tabernacle they have like the, the Ark of the Covenant. We can learn more about the Ark of the Covenant in Exodus 37 and also in Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Writers of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we see how Israel fails. Like after they got the covenant, they still failing because they don't trust God. They just that even when God chosen miracles every day with the fire, with the with the cloud, and with the manna, they don't trust God. They always are like, oh, we were buried in Egypt and we were buried as slaves that being here. So yeah, they fails and Moses and Aaron fail too. They rebel against God several times. They complain all the way. They don't trust God uh, when he was about to give them the land. The land. Because of, of this, God condensed the generation that went out of Egypt and they wouldn't be able to enter the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb who trusted God and were willing to enter that, that promised land. Yeah. So 
here we see also like some, like before entering the land, Moses reminded of the reminded them of the importance of following the law, what the promise of God was for them, but also what God really wanted from them. His first commandment is just to love Him, to love God, and with everything that they have, to be faithful to Him, and to be in a relationship, in, a, in the relationship that they lost, like in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, so that this is what God told them, when, like Moses told to the next generation that just were going to enter the, the promised land. And say, yeah, he said, like, and the Lord God will bring you into the land that your fathers possess, that you might possess it, and he will make you more prosperous and number, numerous than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. So, yeah. The first thing that God wanted from them was love. The law was just for them to be clean and to be pure so they could be close to God, but that was the first, first thing that God wanted from them. And here we see like the, the tabernacle, like it was a tent created for God's worshiping, meant to be in the center of the nation. God himself gave them instructions for, for the creation of the tabernacle, and it was composed by various circles, various circles of holiness, like the most holy place, the holy place, and the courtyard. But after that, where, where the people of God, like the Levites and the other tribes, were to live like around the tabernacle and God, and God being like in the center. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And after this, because the tribal week is how they enter the land of Canaan. And this section is composed by the books of Joshua, Judge, and Ruth, and Ruth. And this section, in this section, I'm going to talk about the, the entry, conquering, and division of the Promised Land. The tribal period finishes with the election of a, of a kid in Israel. So yeah, the, Israel, the Israelites just wandered for 40 years in the wilderness because they did not trust God. And another fun fact here is that it's believed that Joshua started leading Israel after he was like 80 years old. He was like with Moses all the time until he was 80, and then when and he started like leading Israel, entering the land. Uh, he started to lead Israel just before crossing the crossing of the Jordan River, and he prepared the Israelites military and spiritually for the conquest. And also the commander of the army of the Lord appeared to him. So yeah, you see how Joshua was in the leadership, how he, they entered to conquer Canaan, and for this they, they needed to trust God too. Because yeah, they they did they weren't like the best army and everything, but they were they were to to enter like fortified cities that had armies and that were hard to to eat. So yeah, and here they need to trust God because God was the one who was to to conquer the land, not them. He was just gonna give it to them. And after this, it comes like the period of the judges, like when they entered to the land, they didn't conquer everything as God commanded. It was just Lazy, or they didn't just trust God enough to, to, to take the land. And yeah, so God just grow tired then and say, okay, you want to have these people here, I'm going to, if you have them, but you're going to have problems with them because they are going to corrupt you too. And yeah, they're going to, they're going to, yeah, they're going, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give them power over you so that you, you learn your lesson too. And this is in the book of Judges. And yeah. This is what God told Joshua to do, like, be strong and courageous, be careful to do according to all the law of Moses, my servant, my servant commanded you. 
you turn from E to the right hand or to the left, that you might have good success wherever you go. So here God commanded Joshua to trust him and to obey the law. The last generation had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they did not trust God. And now this new generation had a new opportunity to take over the land. But for this, they will need to trust God. And it was a hard task because the Canaanites had fortified cities and better fighting capacities, but the Israelites had something much better that it was like the grace of God. And God also commanded them to follow the law so they could be holy and pure. Not as the Canaanites were, the Canaanites had a lot of really like perverted practices. Like they have like child sacrifice, they practice a lot of sexual immorality. And this was the reason why God commanded the Israelites to destroy them, like totally destroy them, even the children and the animals. And if they did not obey God in this commandment, they would be contaminated with the Canaanite practices. That is what happened in the future. So, and yeah, they did not obey God. They, not, they did not destroy the nations around them. They missed themselves with these peoples and they started doing whatever they want. And because of this, God allowed the Canaanites to take power over them. But he also gave them judges to deliver them from these pagan nations. So some of these judges were like Otoniel, Ehud, Deborah, Gideon, Shangar, Jephthah, Elon, and Samson, among others. And God gave them these judges to see if the Israelites turned back to him, but they never did. Some of these judges, even some of the judges, went like when corrupted, corrupting themselves. And this was a time of great time, of great sin and perversion. And one of the main reasons of this is because they didn't obey God in destroying the other nations. And we also have to understand that during this time there was a lot of politicism. So yeah, they could be worshiping Yahweh, but they were worshiping like other gods because they think like they could worship like several gods at the same time, but that's not what God wanted. God wanted just for them to just worship him and no other gods. Yeah, so here we can see another part of the God's calendar nature, what his mightiness, that he, that they don't need to be powerful because they have a powerful God. So yeah, they could be, they could conquer Canaan without being the most powerful army because they, they have God. And we see like some of the matter of the conquest, like how they conquest, they always, they have like the, the base at Gigal, they were to conquer and they came back to Gigal, like it was his base. But yeah, it was like, how they, they were trying to conquer. So some of the things like here is so so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. And that's what Joshua tell, tell the, told the people before entering the land. And we can see that in this passage, in this passage God used the Israelites, who were not great warriors and didn't have the best military equipment, to conquer the Canaanites, who had better experience in war and fortified cities. So yeah, you can see here the God's power, like he can use like normal people and even people that that they didn't even think of themselves being capable of doing these things to do great things. So, yeah. And yeah, some other fact is like the Canaanite gods, like, we can see like this where the, the posts that they that they have. They have several gods, they practice the polytheism. And yeah, the Baals and like they were idols. Worshippers by the nation that live in this, re in this region, like the Canaanites, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and Philistines and other heights. <laughs> these relations, yeah, polytheism, and some of the ways of worshiping these gods include child sacrifice, 
and sexual immorality. And then we go to the fourth week, the week of David. And this section contains the books of Samuel, Chronicles, and some of the Hebrew poetry we read in this week too. It goes just after the times of the judges, and God wanted to be the king of the Israelites, and they wanted for them to have a king. They asked for a king because they wanted to be like the nations around them. So yeah, first, first we have Samuel, like during the time of Samuel, Israel did not have a king, a capital or a unified army. Some of the things that loosely kept the Hebrews together was their faith, their festivals, and the worshiping at the tabernacle that was directed by the Levites. Elders of various clans ruled locally, and Samuel was one of those. He was a priest from the Levitical family, and he was like a mentee of Eli, who was a leader of Israel. Eli's sons were supposed to be the next leaders, but they were corrupted and disrespectful of their, fun their functions as priests. So God chose Samuel to be the judge of Israel. Nevertheless, the people were not happy with how the nation was being governed and about the succession of power, because Samuel's sons, they, were like, they weren't like good either. So yeah, they asked for a king, and as I say, God did not want them to have a king. He wanted to be their king, but, but they gave them a king anyway. He gave them a, a king anyway, but he also warned them about the things, the problems that they would have if they, if they have a king. So yeah, Samuel went and anointed Saul, that was a Benjamite, and he was chosen as king because of his height and like his complexion. He started well, but then this way God, he, he started like doing things that he wasn't supposed to do, like offering, offering things that just the priest could. And he, when God ordered him to destroy the Amalekites, he didn't do it. He didn't totally destroy it. He took some of, the, some of the cattle and some of the things, and he even left the, the king alive. And this was not what God wanted. So yeah. He, so God rejected his kinship and anointed a, uh, another guy, like this was David, that was a man after, after God's heart. So yeah, God's grace was with David, and he got to be like a great fighter, which is like in the, uh, when he fought against again Goliath. So yeah, since he, was, since, he, since he was young, he was loved by the people, and this caused like Saul's jealousy to sell Saul tried to kill him. God protected David and gave him, a king, gave him the kingdom. However, David also loved Saul and he loved his family. So even when Saul and his family were, were, were killed, he was really sad because, yeah, he was like part of the family too. But David, when he became a king, he like really strengthened his na the nation. He was like, he conquered Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, he... Yeah, he made the capital of, 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 of the nation. And he won like several victories over the Philistines and the Canaanites. He gave Israel an identity during the capital. He also wanted to create a place, like a temple for God in this city, but he was not allowed by God to, to do this. Yeah, and this is like the Davidic covenant. Like, even when he couldn't do the temple, he couldn't make the temple, God made a covenant with him, promising that, he, that from him his offspring and everlasting king will come and reign forever. So here we see God's redemption plan through the Davidic covenant when he chose David's house to be part of the promise of a new kingdom 
on earth that will be everlasting and give rest to all the inhabitants of this kingdom forever. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we see like another things of the character and nature of God, like his kinship, like he was supposed to be the king, no, no other, but even when there is a king, he was supposed to be the king of that king, not like Saul, that he tried to, he sometimes cared more about what the people said about him than what God think about him. And he will see like the difference between Saul and David. And he see, we see that God is like also a genuine God because he looked at the heart of David. He didn't look like he was the biggest or, or the strongest. He looked at, at his heart. And we, here we see like David's kingdom. Yeah, like he was like really successful in his, during his kingdom. We see what was under Israel and, on, and the nations that he had under tribute. But yeah, we can see like even like Syria and other nations were like under his, under his power and here, yeah, he really instituted Institute, I don't know. Yeah, Israel as a as a nation, like gaining like an an identity. Yeah, there it comes like the 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 week of the kings, and we see here like after David, and yeah, this section contains the, the the book of Kings and Second Chronicles, and it goes after the reign of King David, and David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. At Hebron he reigned over Judah. Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And at Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Jordan 33 years. Yeah, so here we see David. But after David came his son. Yeah, so came his son Solomon. Oh, yeah, we see that from Egypt, the Old Testament concerned like the working out of the covenantal land promise in Israel national history. And this history like falls on tier four falls into four large blocks, like it's the conquest and settlement, the united monarchy, the divided monarchy and exile, and the return. And this is important because like the center is like the center of the covenant of Moses, like especially expressing Deuteronomics. And yeah, so like we see in Deuteronomy how there were like gonna be like good things if they follow what God say, um, bad things if they just disobey God. And here we can we start to see when when they disobey God what what started happening. Uh, yeah, so they have the, the reign of King Solomon that he was allowed to rebuild the temple to, to construct the temple. But after that, like he he went he went astray. He like have like he he didn't trust God. Like he started to make like a big army that God told him like not to buy chariots and to have horses. And he also started like worshiping other gods. And because of this, like God, God made the, the kingdom split after he, he was dead. Yeah. So yeah, in spite of his kingdom as well, Solomon later years were like characterized by thorough disobedience. And Solomon became the first to violate the expectation that worship was to be conducted exclusively, exclusively at the Jerusalem temple. And because of Solomon's covenant violations, Yahweh sent judgments upon his kingdom. Yeah, so it was like the division. Jeroboam rebelled after being told by Ahijah, the prophet, that he would be king over the northern clans. So yeah, here we see like how the kingdom was divided into the ten tribes in the north and two tribes in the south. And see, yeah, when, when Solomon was inaugurating the temple, God told him like, if the people just humble themselves and worship him and just try to have a relationship with him. He will be their God and they will be their people and he will be always 
he always be always willing to have a relationship with them. So yeah, the way again we see it like God's character and nature and how he's a God of of relationship. And here we see like how the the kings were, how the kingdom was divided in in the north in the north and the south, and how we, we see like both both kingdoms here. So yeah, in, from Jeroboam it was the kingdom of the north, and from David it was like the kingdom of the south, how how the different kings went. And yeah, in the south there were eight good kings, in the north there were not there weren't any good kings, and they were there was a lot of problem in their identity because like the north they didn't want to go to the south to worship God and, and all the stuff, but that was the only place that was meant to, to worship God was in Jerusalem in the temple. So yeah. So yeah, in the north they have like nine dynasties. They weren't always the same family. There was like a lot of change of power there. Um, and in Judah there was just one dynasty that was the dynasty of David, the David dynasty. So, yeah. And there was like there were like good kings. The main good kings were Hezekiah and Hosea, that they really followed the law. The law. There were others, but this was the like the best ones. And then we go to the early prophets week, and these sessions contains the books of Amos, Hosea, Joel, Micah, Isaiah, and Jonah. And, and as we go like the end of the ninth century before Christ, the pattern of the covenant breaking, which began with Solomon, was continued by the kings of both, of both Israel and Judah. As a warning to the spiritual waywardness, Yahweh sent powerful spokesmen, prophets, like prophets, to call his people back to himself. So, yeah. So we see like Elijah and, and the other prophets, like Elijah was really famous during this time because he he performed like really, really big like, like miracles. So yeah, Elijah was one of the most famous prophets in history. He recognized it for wonderful ways that God used him to show his power to the people of Israel. Some of the miracles that he performed were like the multiplication of the oil, the raising from the dead of a kid, the multiplication of the bread, the healing of a leper and the stopping and restarting of the rain in the land of Israel during Ahab's reign. After Elijah, other prophets came to warn the north and his kings of the dangers of not following the law. Some of them were Elisha, Amos, and Hosea. The leaders and the people did never hear the warnings, and Israel didn't have one, king, one good king during all its history. Not, they have 19 kings, but not, not of them were good. So therefore, God fulfilled his promise and gave the northern kingdom to the Assyrians because the Israelites like, never followed the law. And Samaria, the capital of Israel, fell in 722 during the, the reign of King Josiah. Yeah. And the kingdom of Judah wasn't doing good either. But however, they had like, some good kings, like Hezekiah and Hosiah. They had eight good kings out of 20. Still, God sent them prophets to remind them of the law and the war, and and they warned, and they warned. They went the bad kings to lead the people to to idolatry. Some of these prophets in in, in Judah were Joel, Isaiah, Micah, and Zephaniah. And nevertheless, the Assyrian dominance came to the to an end with the Babylon victories over Nineveh. And yeah, so Assyria was being like the main. The main world power at this time, and Assyria conquered the, the northern kingdom that was Israel, but Babylon was growing, and Babylon overtook power like 
in over two power like in 626 yeah so yeah so this is what got expected from them from the principle again like he has told you oh man what is good and what does the law require of you but do, to do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God so yeah we can see here God's redemption plans in this verse as my in Micah as Micah is reminding the Israelites about what about what God wanted from them. Yeah, you see like the character and nature of God again, like he's how he is and he's slow to anger and steadfast in love. And then we go to the lay prophets. The lay prophets, uh, and again these lay prophets were like just before Jerusalem fall under under the power of the of the Babylonians and during the exile too. So these sections contain the books of Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Obadiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and Nahum. And these were the prophets sent from God during the fall of Jerusalem and in the time of the exile in Babylon. So yeah, we see like the reign of King Hosea that was one of the good, good kings. And yeah, Jeremiah was during the time of King Josiah. But we see like when he tried to, to make them be on the way again, they already had done like a lot of bad things and already was like the, the justice of God was already go, going to fall over them. So Jeremiah like, was all the time like trying to, they were, they were so convinced like, they, that, that nothing will ever happen to them because they have the Davidic covenant, they have the temple, they have Judah, yeah, and they had all this stuff. They think like God will always protect them, but, but they also went to idolatry and other things sometimes. So they were to be judged too. Yeah, we see like in the book of Jeremiah, and and here in Jeremiah, the God start also talking about the covenant, and for this is the covenant that I will make of the house of Israel at those days, declares the Lord. The Lord, I will put my law within them, and I will write on their hearts, and I will be their, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So here, God again is like doing a new covenant with the people, even when they are gonna be exiled. And yeah, when the Jews were going to be exiled to Babylon because of their sin, and when Jeremiah was mourning because of this, God promised a new covenant that would include both Israel and Judah. And yeah, in Jeremiah 31, from 31 to 3:4, we can read about this new covenant. And yeah, we can see again God's character and nation as he is like a compassionate God that still loves his people even when they have they have seen. And in yeah, Lamentations 3, 3, 1, 3, 4 says, For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. And then we go into the post-exilic era, like when they were coming back to the land. And these sections contain the books of Esther, Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. The exile to Babylon happened in several ways. Daniel and Ezekiel were, in the main, were the main prophets during the time of the exile. Daniel especially was very influential in the government of Babylon of Babylonian king Nabucodonosor and Persian king Darius. <laughs> the Jews were like in exile for 70 years. They missed their identity. They did not have the, the land, the king, and the temple. And though God, and they told that God have abandoned them, and this was a time of like great distress 
Yeah. And during these times was when the synagogues like started to be like a thing there. Um, because they didn't have the temple, but they still wanted to, some of them want, still wanted to worship God. So during this time was when they created the synagogues. And yeah, on the positive ceiling, we see like the returning to the land, the rebuilding of the temple. Like there were like three ways where they, re they re returned, like they returned first to the land. Like when Cyrus, king of Persia, allowed the Jews to come back to their land. And their initial return was laid by Chesbazar as governor of Judah. The rebuilding of the new tem temple was led by Zerubbabel, a descendant of David, as governor, Joshua as the priest, with Haggai and Zechariah, the prophets. Another way came with Ezra, the scribe, that started a spiritual reform in the land. And a final way came with Nehemiah, who was in charge of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And, the, and with this, it, come to, like, it comes to the end of the Old Testament, after the settlement of the Jews in their land, four centuries passed before the New Testament. And during these years, like Alexander the Great won power over the Persian Empire, that was the one that released them, and instituted like Greek culture all over the ancient Near East. And Israel, and Israel, like in Israel, there were several political conflicts as the Jews were trying to be self-determined as, as a nation. They should share for a time with the Maccabean revolt, like from 164 BC to 63, 63 BC. Nevertheless, the, the new world power, the Roman Empire, conquered then under Pompey in 63, 63 BC. And yeah, the grace of the Lord, like they rebuilt the temple, but the grace of the Lord was never there, like it was in the tabernacle and in the first temple, like when it came. So yeah, they were expecting from this Messiah that was that they were expecting like like a King David that we're gonna that we're gonna free them for from like the powers and, and we're gonna bring uh, was gonna bring like the God again to the temple and all this stuff. But, but yeah, they were like in that expectation during this time. And yeah, and here we see in Zechariah so here in Zechariah is talking about the promised day when the people of Judah will see God pierced and crying over his hair. So we can see here we see like one of the prophecies that God that God had from the Messiah from, from the Messiah. And I will pour out the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy. So that way they look on me, on him whom whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and wept bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. So yeah, this is like the Old Testament finished here, and it comes like the New Testament that it was written in Greek, um, as it was the main language of the time in the ancient Near East. It is composed of seven and twenty-seven books. Yeah, and we, we have this, the synoptics that were written at like at the same time, and we have John that was written like at the end of the of, this, of that first century. Uh, yeah, so the books in the New Testament were written during the first century. After, after God, after Jesus, and it is composed by four genres, Gospels, Acts, Letters, and Apocalypse. So yeah, we come to Jesus Week, and this section is like the section that contains like the Synoptic Gospels, are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the Jews were expecting the Messiah that was promised. They were under Roman control and were expecting a warrior like David that came to rule them and deliver them from the foreign powers. But yeah, in the gospel, we see that 
We see the life of Jesus, the promised the promise Messiah. We learn how he lived his life and he, how he became an example for us as Christians. We learn that he is the son of God and that he is God. And here we can also see like how Matthew really focuses on showing the, the, the Jews how, he, how Jesus was the promised God and, and that he died to atone for our sins and gave us like eternal life if we have faith in him and follow him with all we have. But yeah, we, here we can see like how Jesus lived, how he was killed, how he died, and his resurrection. Yeah, and in the book of Matthew, we see this, again, God's redemptive plan being fulfilled in the resurrection of Jesus, that he defeated the death and the consequence of sin to give us eternal life through his sacrifice. And then we go to church week, and the sessions contains the acts of the, the apostles with the Holy Spirit in the letters of James, first and second Peter, Jude, and Hebrews. And in the final location, when Jesus appeared to his disciples, he left them with his mission, with his mission to the world. And in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, we see that go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So yeah, this was that the commandment to the church. It is, this is the commandment to the church. And some of the things that happened is like Pentecostes, like after Jesus ascended to heaven, he promised that a helper would come and guide the, the disciples and the early church. While they were together in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit filled with his presence the place where they were. And they started speaking in tongues and many were converted that day. About 3,000 got baptized that day. And with this, the church started in Jerusalem. But the Jews did not like it and treated the Christians as blasphemous as they were talking in the name of God. And one of the Jews that was persecuting the Christians was Saul. He was a Pharisee and an influential like Jewish man. Jews appeared to, appeared to him. Jesus appeared to him in his way to Damascus while he was persecuting the Christians, and he became one Christian himself. And after, after this, Peter was sent by God to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile, and there he presented that the Holy Spirit was among the Gentiles too, that God's grace was not just for the Jews, as they always think, as they always talk, but it was also for the Gentiles and for everyone. And But nevertheless, some Christians, Jews, did not accept that the Holy Spirit could go to them without circumcision and adoption of the Jewish law. Therefore, a council was called in Jerusalem to define, to define the law still in effect in this new church. And yeah, it was not still in effect, like God's grace was enough to cover all the law and all, all the stuff. Yeah, and we see here like what the Holy Spirit did. Like when, at, would you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So we see it again, God's redemptive plan being fulfilled in spreading his love and mercy all over the world, in atoning, atoning for human sins. And then we go to Paul's week, and Paul, he was from Tarsus, one of the, he was one of the fathers of the church, he started being a Pharisee, a student, a, a, a really like, well-known Pharisee, and he dedicated, he did, after becoming to Christianity, he dedicated his ministry to go to the Gentiles in the north of the Mediterranean. He was born in modern-day Turkey and raised in Jerusalem, where he received, received 
like Jewish education. And here we see like in, in the Paul's history, like the missionary journeys that he did to, to share the gospel with all these people. Like the, he was also in prison and suffered because of, of his ministry. And he and Peter, they were born martyr as almost all the other disciples, except for John. And in the book of Romans, we see his verse for, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now than we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So yeah, you see here like how we being sinners, we can be reconciled thanks to God's sacrifice. And then the last week is the week of John. And we see like John in his gospel, he talks a lot about theology. And yeah, he he goes, like he talks like about in the time of the fall of Jerusalem, he he have to go to to Turkey, to modern day Turkey to live there. And after the fall, like a lot of Christians that were in Jerusalem spread and they they took the, the like the gospel to other nations. He was exiled to Pasmus and he he also dead he also died like and we, we know this from early church tradition. And in the Gospel of John we can see that he focuses more on how God was made flesh to, to cover for our for our sins. Some people on those times were thinking like, yeah, he came with Jesus and his spirit. And he never, he was never resurrected. He he never died because the spirit cannot do that. But yeah, he really assured the people of this during this time. And yeah, we see like how how the book, how the, the Bible life finishes. And who would testify sin says, surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Yeah. And in conclusion, since we can see how since the beginning to the end of the Bible. God always wanted to have a relationship with the people, and his plan was always to, to love the people and for them to trust him. And yeah, that like was, was like the personal revelation that I have during this time was this. Like, we have to trust God to, in order to have a relationship with him, and that was, has always been like the, the mistake that we have. have. And yeah, that's all. <laughs> <Come on. laughs>